0: Big squawk Okay! Everyone! Immediately out of the van! Get out of the van! Out! Out! What are you doing? I'm going back to camp. I'll come back in the morning and pick you up. Wait. a second. What, Neil? Well just wait a minute. You can't just
1: you can't get there and back my son up. I am going to be with Abby Bernstein tonight, and if you don't like it, well you know what? You could just go ahead and fuck yourself.
0: Hey! <laughs> You're making a big mistake, Victor Pulak. A big mistake. Even though we ain't got money, I'm so in love honey. And everything bring a chain of love, love, yeah. In the morning when I rise, bring a chain tra- of oh! <laughs> Yes. Abby! Abby! <laughs>
1: Good old J.R. Jim Ross, WWE Hall of Famer, and you're listening to Hobo Radio, and everything you're about to hear is absolutely fast. And now, the Citizen Kane of podcasters, Joel Murphy and Lars Perryman. Hello again, I'm Joel Murphy, this is Hobo Radio, and with me is Lars, right? Yeah, who's this? Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a minute, but it's I, I think your name is Lars Periwinkle. It sounds like a made-up name,
0: but... It does sound like a made-up name, but that's me.
1: Yeah, what's up, man?
0: Uh, Nothing. Yeah, right. Anywho. That's why we haven't done one of these. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, remember, question everything. <laughs> no, 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 everything's, you know, it's all right, man. How are you? Uh, you know, hanging
1: in there. Living the dream. Yeah, you look it. Thank you, thank you. Appreciate mm-hmm. it. Both in our black T shirts.
0: Yeah. I'm oh shoot. It. Do we have Do we have improv practice after this?
1: <laughs> I mean, we do have glasses. We're white guy, and obviously, most people, most white guys who have podcasts, usually do it before their improv practices. That's just true. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. You, you got to warm up there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, man. I've been good. I actually get this. I uh, I did a thing. In LA, no. Molly you and I do stuff. I know Molly and I, we got in the car. What we drove to a location and we did an event that's on, very out of character at night. At night, yeah, it was dark outside. <laughs> okay, must have been special. It was, yeah, it was actually. I think this is like I want to put an asterisk because I'm going to say uh, that I think it's the coolest thing. That we've done in LA, but I also... The, the asterisk is, like, cool for us. Because it's still, I think, objectively kind of nerdy. But... Uh-huh. Alright, I'm gonna lay it on you. So, we, last week, went and saw the Middle-Aged Dad Jam Band. Which is a band that features David Wayne and Ken Marino. and From, from the state. From the state. And... They're their various friends who are, you know, most of... Many of them ringer musicians. Uh-huh. Uh, and then the show that we saw had special guests that included, also from the state, Joe Latruglio, Hell yeah. Yeah. And uh, included other people that you would recognize. Uh, like, uh, the one guy, his name is Mather... Um, what is it? Zickle. Yeah, Mather Zickle, uh-huh. who it was very funny to see him because Molly and I recognized him right away and he was just walking around, you know, like looking at the crowd. Uh, but he's the guy from Party Down that uh discovers that Ron has a huge penis mm. and uh you know wants to sign him. So Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Which like he's delightful, but uh but you know, it's it's like funny to
0: see him. Just in a social setting, <laughs> you yeah know? yeah yeah, so but. this is a this is a this is a band formed by buddies of a certain age, and they seem because I've seen them promote themselves on Instagram a little bit, they seem to play um <laughs> buddies of a certain age sort of songs, well, yeah, literally uh
1: when they came out. David Wayne said, we're going to play music from the 60s, 70s and 80s. And Marino laughed and was like, yes, all of the decades that we're familiar with the 60s, 70s and 80s. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I mean, so, yeah, I I have not done a great job uh, setting the scene so far because so this was a show that they did for their band and it was in downtown L.A., like kind of near the Hollywood area. And it was at a house. Like it was a backyard house right. party uh, where, you know, literally just like an otherwise unassuming house on a street in a neighborhood. Right. Where we did buy tickets. Like you had to buy tickets right. in advance, but you showed up, they did check your ID, but then it's like, you're just hanging out in the
0: backyard. How, a backyard. Uh, how many people do you, would you say were there? Just so I get a sense of the size. I think, think i saw something that said 450 but even that seems like a
1: lot like that seems high but i guess i could believe that okay yeah but still intimate you know almost definitely yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, you're in a backyard uh but yeah i actually i do have uh i can share with you the set list like we don't have to we don't have to hit everything but i can give you an idea of um they did escape the pina colada song.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They did American Girl. Okay. Yeah. They did Ice Cream Man, Kodachrome, mm-hmm. Uh
0: Stop Dragging My Heart Around. They did the Stray Cat Strut. Right. I haven't you got you've, you're deeper into this list than I thought you'd be without saying the word Springsteen. Oh no. T- trust me, they did uh uh Born to Run. Like,
1: okay, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did Sympathy for the Devil, um, and then yeah, I think the most exciting thing that I have not mentioned yet is their big guest that came out and sang the last three songs with them was Weird Al Motherfucking Yankovic,
0: what?
1: <laughs> who sang. Uh, he came out and did. We're an American band with them, and like he sang that, and then he picked up his accordion for the last few songs,
0: which in- included "Born to Run," as that was that was what they yeah. closed with that is that is outstanding i i saw um i i follow his wife on instagram um and she posted a, a video <clears throat> from behind the band and i was looking for you in the crowd i'm like it's gonna stand. oh there he is nope that's not him oh there he is that's not him all of these guys look exactly the same <laughs> Well, that's, I mean, that's what's funny about it is like, yeah, I mean, first of all,
1: like when we came in, like you said, they were checking IDs and I actually heard the security guy say right in front of me that he was like, I don't even know why I'm checking these. No one is close to 21.
0: Like, I think, I think I was, (laughs) oh, oh, that's what they were. I thought maybe they were um, uh, checking to make sure you were the ticket holder because it's such a small venue. Like it seems like it'd be easy to just slip in there.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, they had you know it was like an app that had the tickets, but that they weren't even checking oh, okay. that. They were literally just checking because they sold alcohol, so oh, okay, they were just okay. trying to make sure. Gotcha. But uh, but yeah, it was like I was probably on the younger side, or like yeah, right in the yeah, median. Be, yeah,
0: be, this uh, is a,
1: this is an old gig, man. I do think the <laughs> funniest thing to to give you that idea that you're exactly right that like this is my demo. I think I think that's what we're being clear on is that like these are my people. I've, I definitely mm-hmm. found. The other people who share my sensibilities, I wore my Mick Foley Cactus Jack t-shirt. And do you want to take a guess? Do you want to take a guess? How many compliments I got on it from this
0: crowd? (laughs) 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 Well, you said there were 450 people there. (laughs) (laughs) that's really but do you have it i mean do you know the number yes the legit number is Uh four separate people
1: came up to me to tell me that they liked my shirt outstanding was this uh the
0: wanted poster
1: yeah it's the the classic cactus jack wanted
0: uh you know mcfoley shirt right on that is that that is terrific (laughs) it's it's funny it's funny you bring that up because um Uh, my wife, Julia is a, uh, she's a huge, huge fan of Prince and, um, she'll wear her. I mean, she has a a lot of Prince t-shirts, but it's the purple rain shirt. She gets the most compliments on. And it is funnily enough, men of a certain age, uh, close, closer to my age than her age. She's uh, you know, she's like nine years younger than me. And, um, that's who she gets compliments from. And it's, it's pretty consistent. And then the other day, I think we walked from here to our local watering hole and she got two on the way. And then one from a guy playing pool in the bar, which isn't, you know, a new record, I guess, but it's also (laughs) like, it's always, why is it always the guys? Yeah. And I I did. I don't get that. (laughs) I will say
1: one of the four was a woman. So I will mention that. Yeah. Nice. The other three looked exactly like what you imagined they look like, which is to say right me.
0: So, like, to be clear, oh, you know what that reminds me. We we did a thing as well. We took our um for for those who don't know or maybe new listeners. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of people stumble across this. <laughs> they just look up my name. Yeah. Um and um, <clears throat> uh, for our anniversary every year. Uh, Julia and I go to Atlantic City. We call it Scumbag Weekend um, (laughs) because we love we love going like our, you know, our first anniversary was in 2021. So we a lot of things weren't open and we weren't we weren't trying to go crazy either. But it's like, oh, no, we we got our jabs. Maybe we can like go someplace chill. And um, we went to Atlantic City because we decided no one will give a fuck what we do here. So we'll just do. I think that's the motto of Atlantic City. Yep. (laughs) If that's the thing, it's what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. But Atlantic City is (laughs) nobody gives a fuck. No one gives a fuck what you do here. (laughs) Yeah. So every year for our anniversary, (laughs) we go to Atlantic City and we watch an independent um, wrestling um, pay-per-view as they're taping it. And so we did that. There was a show. We were in Caesars and i saw a poster that said um the prince experience so it was a prince tribute act it was for the following day and i told her about it i said well before we before we commit let's look up how much it is it was so cheap (laughs) like really cheap like i think i think it would have been like 60 bucks for both of us to go to this thing and well this was you know the day we got there and the show was happening the next day i said let's just let's just think about it you know we, we, you know, we don't have to commit to it now because we don't want to committing to this is our dirtbag weekend we're not gonna have a schedule yeah dirtbags don't have schedules do not have schedules man we're punk rock <laughs> yeah so, um we were walking over. we didn't stay in caesars so we're walking to caesars the next day walk into the casino and it's like yeah, it starts in like it starts in like an hour. So if we're going to do it, we we need to like, we need to decide soon. Let's go play some games for like 20, 25 minutes or whatever. And then see how we feel. We, I say, I'm not, I, this is the order of events. I'm not exaggerating. I say that we walk down four steps onto the casino floor. And this woman says, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. And stops us from walking. And she goes, she puts two tickets in front of Julia and says, do you want to go to this show? Because we have these tickets and we can't go. It starts in like an hour. Amazing. Isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't yeah. it?
1: That's dirtbag magic.
0: That's so dirtbag that... magic. She saw us and she knew. She knew. <laughs> and so we go to, we go to the show and, um, it was a great, great show. Um, if you see it tours, it's called the Prince experience. It, um, I, I, I think they're from Wisconsin. Yeah. They're from, um, uh, green bay wisconsin <laughs> and uh um it was a fantastic show but it was like you know a theater size uh, uh, a venue and it was all um it was all middle-aged women <laughs> and julia <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> screaming the lyrics to every prince song and and dancing incessantly it was a great time amazing no that you sounds good until you until you've heard um 600 women sing in unison masturbating with a magazine it's wonderful it's a <laughs> wonderful thing <laughs> but by the way I, you you reminded me of something th- that i wanted
1: to mention like when you talked about uh weird al's wife with the photo of like i just want to mention this as for the setup of the the middle-aged uh, dad jam band thing was that so they had the stage and then they had very much like a makeshift Wall kind of built or like like this little area that that was again this is in a backyard this is just a regular home backyard but where everyone was kind of congregating that was going to go on stage but one there were too many of them because like the little area that was that's like literally built just to be a screen to kind of give them some kind of protection from us like from mm-hmm. the people who are coming in so they're kind of hiding back there and they can just walk on stage which I'm sure is where she was standing. When she was taking the photos. But it wasn't big enough to fit everyone. And so, they were kind of spilling out and you could see people. But I also just want to mention that to say that while that's kind of where everyone was, Ken Marino just walking through the crowd. Just saying hi to everybody. He Immediately when we walked up and we were waiting in line, the first thing I saw the second we stood in line was Ken Marino popping out to the front lawn. And he said hi to us. Just wandering around. Like he could not be kept standing yeah he i I, like i got up later to use the bathroom and he saw him again just just like making his rounds like he was very accessible to anyone oh and the other thing to mention too is that so molly and i were up pretty close to the front of the stage like when the show started and at one point marina's like hey does anyone like wet hot american summer has a signed mm-hmm. DVD that's signed by him, David Wayne, and Joe Latruglio, And he's like, I'm gonna randomly pick someone, looks right at Molly and is like, you here. So she she also walked away with a Oh, that's s- great. Signed Blu-ray of uh Wet Hot American Summer, which we then
0: <laughs> a Blu-ray of Wet Hot
1: American <laughs> Summer. I look, I'm convinced that David Wayne has a trunk full of them that yeah. <laughs> he drives <laughs> around with. But we did. We watched it the next day just to be like, yeah, let's rewatch this. Like, perfect. Sure. Yeah.
0: Let's watch a Blu-ray.
1: Yeah. I, hey, I still look. But as long as my uh, my PlayStation can play it, like, we're
0: good. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Now, I, I you, you know, look behind the curtain. You had told me about this. You posted about this. I told you that that it was fucking cool. That's awesome. I didn't ask. Now I'm going to ask. <sighs> Did you meet him? Oh, dude. So
1: I didn't. And let me like, so we left when it ended and they, they kind of said they were like, you know, everybody hang out, you know, like, you know, but I also like, I had to be up early the next day and I just like had that. of I was like, he didn't like as, as like social as it, he left. Right. Like, cause I, <laughs> it was like that calculation of, do you try to stay? after yeah. the music ends on the chance that you might again with 450 other people or do you just right today because he i will say i don't know where weird out came from i mean like as much unless he was play, he's responsible so he probably was behind that partition early <laughs>
0: like the whole time no no pr- probably and that was a good call i'm sure i'm sure he if he stayed, it was very briefly, and he wasn't making his way through a crowd of any right. kind. That's right. just, That's just not not his jam, um, which is
1: it is funny too, because it's like, you know, I mean, not to sound either jaded or, or cool, but it's like, you know, i I've lived a blessed life in that like i've l I've gotten to meet and interact with a lot of cool people, including Ken Marino that night, you know, uh, yeah. but like weirdo is definitely. On a a very short list of people that you know would mean a lot to me to get to meet because I don't know he's just been ubiquitously great my entire life, oh, yeah. but but also just like yeah I, I you know I like he had to have a back exit or something
0: I'm like, <laughs> like it's, yeah and I he, he's not he doesn't seem to be antisocial I think he knows he knows what he means to people and he knows what a big celebrity he is and i don't think he wants to put himself in positions where he might not like what i was gonna say get mobs and i don't mean like get mobs like people are gonna tear him apart but like i don't think he wants a put himself in a situation where like a crowd of people are going to gather around him because let's face it, we all want a piece of Al. We do. And that's what I'm trying to say is like, there
1: aren't many people I feel that way about, but I'm like, no, if if I had the chance, like, and again, it's like, you always get into that. I get in my head of like, what are you going to say? It's for you, obviously. Cause you're, I've listened to you ever since I was a kid. Like you're the greatest. I'm if he doesn't hear that 50 times a day, the world right. is failing him.
0: A hundred percent. What am yeah. I? I'm going to say, hey, you, you know, <laughs> let me, let me tell you something. Okay. Let me break down for you. What Al has heard many times. And it probably means a lot to him, but won't make any difference. If I say it, it's like, I grew up with you. Thank you so much. You made me feel more comfortable as a, when I was a kid, because I was also really corny and really weird. And your music gave me permission to like, accept that part of myself. And I followed you my whole life and you still bring me a lot of joy. Thank you. That is what I would say to him and yeah. that's what he hears all the time because he has earned every bit of it. So what the fuck am I going to do? That being said, he and Harrison Ford are the only two celebrities I'd actually like to meet. Like right. and I when I say only, I mean only. And in Harrison Ford's case, it's the the opposite of the way I feel about Weird Al. I want to meet Harrison Ford because he's going to be he's going to be grumpy and blow me off and I want yeah. that. <laughs> I just want to let you know that, you know, I was a nerdy
1: kid and Star Wars and Indiana Jones, they made me feel less alone and loved and, and you meant the world to me as an action star. I don't care. <laughs> Get out of my
0: way. <laughs> like <laughs> I, Someone, someone asked him in, um, in the rise of Skywalker, were you a force ghost? And he goes, I don't know what the fuck a force ghost is. That's true, too. I believe that.
1: (laughs) By the way, let me uh, I want to ask you this because Molly and I had this conversation recently, too, which was I, I told her that it's a very short list, but I can tell you two names that are on it and they might be the only two names. But I think Weird Al and Denzel Washington are the only two celebrities that I actually would be crushed if something terrible came out about them. Like anyone okay. else, I'm kind of like, yeah. I mean, I I sort of expect it, but like those are the <laughs> two
0: that it would actually Man, destroy me. <laughs> you you expect that behavior out of a lot of people. It turns out,
1: yeah. Like most people, you're like, eh, well, I mean, I didn't see that coming, but yeah, it, not it doesn't not make sense.
0: What about? <laughs> hmm. Okay, let me float this one to you. Okay, John Goodman.
1: I mean, I'd be disappointed, but it wouldn't be the same. Like, you know what I mean? It wouldn't be the crushing blow. Understood. Yeah. yeah, It's like, they're the only two that I actually, I I don't know if I could handle it where I would be like, I don't, I can't, there's no
0: good left in the world. (laughs) I'm with you there. I felt that way since we're, we'll we'll take a a quick brief trip down this road. That's how I felt with Bill Cosby is like, I, I, I can't believe okay we none of us none of us get to watch the Cosby show anymore kids growing up aren't going to see the Cosby show I mean because rightfully so because fuck that monster but like that sucks but that show meant a lot rightfully a lot lot of really important show to me when I was growing up yes
1: yeah no I but that's the thing is is I think you get older and you get jaded and you're like well there's not you know I don't know I guess expect the worst about anyone but I'm like I yeah, if
0: it was Weird Al, I'd, I just I don't know what I would do like <laughs> that would that would be fucked up. I don't think that we were in any danger of that happening with either one of those fine gentlemen.
1: Yes. Yeah. Which is why I th- that it would, you know, if we thought we were in danger, I think that would prove the point.
0: <laughs> but- yeah, Yeah. 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 No, we're not in danger, girl.
1: Yeah, but yeah, anyway, so that, I did a thing in LA, and it was fun, and also, I just because I mentioned a lot of other people that performed, and it's bothering me that I forgot to mention her, Jess McKenna, who I love as an improviser, was also there and crushed what? it, and sang Sympathy for the Devil, and it was great.
0: That's outstanding. I love Jess McKenna. Right? Yeah, no, she's great. Listen, y'all, if you don't listen to, like, po- comedy podcasts or follow improv or sketch comedy or anything like that, that's that's fine. Also, I don't know why you listen to this show. But yeah. <laughs> um, Ooh, look, uh, if maybe they f- only know of this show and they haven't heard of all of the fantastic like
1: sketch comedy and improv podcasts out there.
0: In which case, you- keep, <laughs> we're it. Don't, don't type anything in. Don't look. Don't look. No. Nope. It's not there. Um, if you can find this audio somewhere, treat yourself. Jess McKenna um, uh, plays a national park ranger on Comedy <laughs> yes. Bang Bang every once yes. in a while. And, and when I tell you it's a fucking gem, it is a gem. She it- is so quick and smart with all of her characters that one in particular kills me every goddamn time well it's it's the hyper specificity of that character it really is how do you know about all these goddamn (laughs) national parks jess mckenna
1: yeah it's just like which i always think are the characters that end up amusing me the most on comedy bang bang are the ones that have a really specific
0: niche base of knowledge that they can Uh drop National parks, bobbleheads. The these are these are funny things. Um, le- best left in the hands of people that are funnier than than you and I. IKEA products that have hair in them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Bl- blowing bubbles with soup. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, that was the fun part of our show. Look, now- I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you. Like, first of all, it's awesome that y'all think this thing was way cooler than you guys getting married which also happened in los angeles in a backyard Um, not terribly dissimilar yeah that's right yeah yeah yeah. i was i was there there were fewer than 450 people there were 440 people at our wedding (laughs) there were were 10 i think you, you told you told me and andy you can't stand next to me at the altar because then no one will be watching in the seats.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. We had this, we were like literally when we first were thinking about it, we were going to have like, you were both going to be like my groomsmen, but then we didn't have a wedding party because there were legit less
0: than 20 people at our wedding. I don't know (laughs) the exact number, but it was great. I want to say it was probably this, you know, I won't say probably definitely the second best wedding I've ever, ever been to. It was small. I I was made to drink delicious vodka until I was drunk and the food was gorgeous. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you. And I, uh, you manufactured a global pandemic so that I missed your wedding.
0: So I think that that. Yeah, that's what it, because you were coming to that wedding. <laughs> that was the only one that was smaller. How pissed were you when that happened after you told me you weren't coming to the wedding? <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, I can rewrite history however I want. I could never have gone anyway. <laughs> oh yeah, they, they do that now. Get it yeah. out of those books. Get it out of the box. <laughs> um, but also, as far as, like, picking shit to do in L.A., I mean, that was an incredibly wise decision. So, well done, y'all. But it also spoiled me because now what's going to compare to that? Right, right. Well, you went to WrestleMania a, a few months Actually, earlier, Actually, that was right? awesome. Yeah, we didn't yeah. talk about that either, did we? Like, no, huh. we haven't done a show. That's right. That was great. You know what? I've done cool stuff. I don't know what I'm talking about. WrestleMania yeah, was, right. fun. It yeah. was fun. It was funny because that day... I was because it was that was WrestleMania day. I told Julia, I said, you know, I've always wanted to go to WrestleMania. I hope I get to go to WrestleMania one day. And then you sent me those videos and looking at it. I'm like, I don't I don't I, I think I've changed my mind. <laughs> it <laughs> looks like a little bit too much for me. It was
1: very fun. But yeah, it's just I think the problem with WrestleMania is it's the exact opposite of what we just described, which is that it's it's too big. Wrestling yeah, got too yeah. popular and it. It was literally at SoFi Stadium, which is where you know the Rams play. Like it was in a giant right, right. stadium. Our seats were you know, like, I'm not complaining about the seats, but they were you know like in the 300 section. Like they're you know like you're you're looking at a what looks like a relatively small right. ring. It would be much bigger on your TV at home. Yes, and I mean, th- th- is where you get into a thing that legit happened where. In the seats we were in, you kind of have to rely on the in-screen jumbotron to know mm-hmm. what's happening for specific things. Like you can, in general, I tried to watch the ring itself as much as possible because I was like, I don't want to just stare at the. T-. But like, if someone's got a submission hold on, or if someone's doing something close up, or like the entrances, or there's like various things that it like really helped to look at the TV screen. But there were a few times where it went out for whatever reason, and legit, the crowd booed when the the Jumbotron screen flickered or went off,
0: you know? (laughs) TV's fucked up. (laughs) TV's fucked up. Clap, 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 clap. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of TV being
1: fucked up, that's the perfect segue. Oh, that is good. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's the other thing since the last time we talked is, uh, you know, <laughs> everything the entertainment industry is either on or about to go on
0: strike all of it pretty much yeah 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 you know cassette sag after starts their negotiations in july and they'll they'll strike yeah and they won't they have understand. resolved the writer strike by then and then the no, directors not. the directors are not far
1: behind too so no, no, no i, I mean we, we're looking at a legit and it is one of those things where it's like you know, it's a bummer, but it's – I think – I wanted to talk about it maybe that from this perspective. is like – because I think you and I both agree and probably our, our listeners are apt to agree that, like, in general, it's – we're on this side. To, to be clear, uh, to be unequivocal, I am on the side of the writers, on the side of the actors, on the side of the directors. Give them everything they want. They're all uh, amazing people who make TV, and I love them. So, mm-hmm. give them whatever they want. Do – Do I think more money should go to the the, you know, people running companies or their investors than the people who actually make the stuff? No. Give the people who make the stuff money. The two percent percent of total profits that writers are asking for. That's that's
0: what I'm saying. And they did. Now, look, I'm going to level with you. I am not on the side of the writers. Um, Unions are um, communist and I can't support that kind of (laughs) bullshit in this country. But I will say that when someone did the math, they came up with uh, just under 2% of profit alone would give the Writers Guild of America what they're asking for. Look, if you think that's bullshit, cool. Let's more than double it and say it's it's 5%. Let's double that again and say it's just under 10% of their profits still acceptable right still a hundred percent acceptable and doable so any way you slice it they're um they're being they're being very greedy there was i think they won't come out and say it but the one percenters in america the, that that pandemic that lockdown well we're still experiencing the pandemic so the, the lockdown itself when they weren't able to to make their money the way they're they're used to i think it was traumatizing yeah so when it came back it came back with the vengeance and now they're just like no we can't do we can't do it what if we have to go another 18 24 months without m- making as much money as we're used to i need to grind bones for my soup give me the bones yeah exactly <laughs> i can't i can't ritualistically um kill an unhoused person with a hammer like i do monthly (laughs) or whatever sick shit they do but i i
1: think that that's what's been interesting to me because i think that you're right on with that and i think the other side of that is that you know for the other 99 going through a global pandemic and one being like oh one none of our systems work and two oh wow those people in charge would literally throw us underneath their car to avoid a pothole, you know? (laughs) Yeah, no, straight up. uh, up, I, I think that the one thing that the writers have done that I think is amazing is one, I think their message is resonating in general because of those reasons. But two, they are being sort of unprecedentedly candid where, you know, if you go on social media where they're like, this is exactly what we asked for. And this is exactly what they countered with. And about half of these, are no counter, <laughs> like yeah. Where it was it? Like, because I literally saw that the day the strike happened. Where the you know the was AMPTP. I think those are the right letters. Whatever the collection of A's and P's and other letters <laughs> that uh uh-huh. when they they got the first statement out when the negotiations when the deadline passed and they they were saying you know we offered increases in the royalties and you know they wanted mandatory writer's rooms and we couldn't, you know, like mandatory lengths and sizes for Mm. writer's room. And then that was the deal breaker for us. And so that's why this is happening. And then the writers came out and was like, here's actually a detailed, Uh like three page document with everything we asked for and everything they countered with. And I don't think the producers expected that (laughs) like level of Like being candid to be like, oh, wait, we can't just spend this. You're just going to tell them
0: straight up the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because they underestimated how fucked up they're being. You know what I mean? Like what we're asking for is really reasonable. We don't mind sharing it with people. We're not we're not striking because we all want to be wealthy. We're striking because like it's we want a day's wage for a day's work. And you're you're hoarding all the damn money. We don't even have a problem with you, um, doing basically nothing and collecting the money. You know, I'm talking about you know um, the the CEOs, the guys in the board meetings, <laughs> the heroes. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the heroes. You know, the real heroes <laughs> of capitalism. And you know, you you're making all of you sure you have to make deals and sign papers and negotiate things but you're doing it off the back of our work you can keep your fucking cushy ass life we just want to be able to make a living wage is that okay and they said no yeah well and a a lot
1: of what is going on is that This is all sort of streaming finally coming to a head, you know, and it's both like streaming and then looking long term. It's also the artificial intelligence stuff, which we can talk about. But like the biggest thing right now, the, the current facing problem is that, yeah, these, you know, Netflix, which seems like the biggest instigator, which is also... Uh, not coincidentally, the most crowded picket line in all of LA is in front of the net. Like people literally have to come out and be like, Hey guys, maybe go to like CBS or Warner brothers or something. We Uh got, we got Netflix covered. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know
0: we all hate (laughs) them the most.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, but it's the for a long time they played this game of like, well, streaming is it's really unproven and we don't really know what's going on. We got to figure streaming, okay. it's this new thing. We'll figure it out later. We're not going to give you the same kind of uh, royalties and money that we were giving for network TV because it's this new internet. What is it, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like they've been playing that game for a long time. And it's like, well, now the internet is television, like, streaming is television that's what everything is it network TV doesn't matter in the same way that it used to what matters is streaming shows and that's where the money is and they're not paying they don't pay the royalties that you get for a network show they're the thing that that is the thing about the writers room that you know they're talking about is that there used to be a sort of it was never like an official agreed upon thing but it was just the handshake way everything was done was you hire a writer's room. That writer's room exists through the season. They're going to write the episodes. They're going to be around while you're filming. They you, Most shows usually send like the writer of the episode to the set. They get to be on set to answer questions, to like give input if they need to change lines or do alts or anything on the day. They're there. All of that. They're They're a part of production throughout the run of the show. That's also where you can like, Once the show's filming, you can interact. Oh, this character, it's really funny when they do this. Let's write them more of this stuff. Or like, this isn't really working the way we thought it would. Let's adjust this. And they would write the season while filming the season concurrently. And that's how you kind of built this show. And that you also were teaching writers how to work their way up to be showrunners, to be directors, to be, you know, other jobs and to advance their careers. And Netflix came along and is like, we're going to hire writers for three weeks. You're going to write all the shows and then fuck off.
0: Yep. And that's one of the big problems. I see that. I see that problem um, in my work as well. You know, they they, these big. um, I'm a government contractor now, but in the when I was working like private private sector, it was, you know, there's a mad rush so let's hire a bunch of guys well that rush is over so let's lay them all off and that's in a six month period that's not that's not there's no no that that isn't tenable man like what are you doing well that is the thing where that's just skilled labor like writing is such a specific skill and if you're good at it you're really valuable to them and they still just treat you like you're fucking
1: nothing Well, that's the thing is they need writers, but they don't think they need writers, which is true of all labor, like that they, and and I do think we are in this moment. And I think that's some of the reason that the writer struggle is resonating with people is that you're exactly right. It's happening everywhere. Uh, I have a friend, I like, I won't mention the specifics, but like someone who worked at a job for 15 years who was just laid off, you know, because their company is saying that like, we need to make cutbacks, you know? So it's Mm -hmm. like everyone across the board and I think it's kind of to what you said. It's like the pandemic happened, and the one percent is like our money's sad. We've got to lay off a bunch of people to show profits so that our stocks
0: go up. You know, yeah, yeah. And and like an increase every quarter is just not tenable, right? And I and that's Four a lot times of a year every year you have to go up. Fuck. And I I've heard that point literally
1: made with the streaming services because they all claim, well, you know, we're we're still building. Our audience, you know, we're still new We're and it's like you're profitable, but you're just not Wall Street increasing, mm-hmm. you know, your income every month profitable. And in fact, like Netflix seems to be at a saturation point where they're actually losing subscribers versus adding subscribers because they probably I mean, I think there's other reasons that Netflix has maybe lost people. But in general, I think everyone who's going to subscribe to Netflix is probably subscribed to Netflix like you did it. You've, you've, there are no more people to convince to watch Netflix.
0: Straight up, straight up. Yep. Yep. It's there. It's just not there enough. But, but remember you're forgetting something fundamental here. Murphy is that people just don't want to work anymore. Oh, right. Avocado toast house. You yeah. Know. Yeah. <laughs> Coffee you're buying it every day. People just don't want to work anymore. It's true. It's for, that is true. That was, that was a story for like five months. And then and then six months later, massive layoffs. Right. But no one but us to work anymore. So you're Fucking doing asshole. us a favor? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> giving us what we want? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I do think we're at an interesting <laughs> interesting dark uh, apocalyptic uh whatever you whatever <laughs> pick your adjective uh inflection point though in uh, in this whole like <laughs> you know society that we live in where yeah, I don't
0: know where it all heads, but I, I don't you know. know. I don't know either. This is a mystery to me. It it all. You always think it's going to head towards a collapse, but that keeps other than economically that hasn't happened a bunch of times that I, we thought it was going to happen. So let, let's see. Let's see. Yeah. Let's see. What, like if you don't have SAG-AFTRA and you don't have the Writer's Guild of America, let's see how you do. Well, that's the thing. I think the networks will bluster and will hold out for as long as possible
1: because right now there is TV. But the real thing, if you really beholden to Wall Street and your investors and profit growth, what happens when you run out of all your scripted shows? Because that's when well, you're I mean, in I trouble. Mean, have you looked
0: at the, um, <clears throat> the mid-season slash fall schedule it's all reality and it's all not good and it, they even know it's not good it's like f boy island you know no, and they, they're like let's kick up let's kick up the notch on uh instead of an hour of celebrity family feud in prime time we're gonna do two hours of celebrity family feud in, in prime time which again is it sounds you know
1: like a good hey we'll show the writers but like it's not gonna work people
0: no, it won't work except that they want People do like reality TV, but they like it balanced with their damn, their stories. Right. You know? Yeah. If yeah, you give It's it to not them a all replacement. Time, not, not only will they not be satisfied by that and watch it as much as you want them to, but also they'll, um, they'll stop watching it as much when, if, and when the scripted shows come back. And I would also just say, I don't know, hypothetically, if someone
1: ran networks or are you like a company that owned various networks that were in in control of network television or in control of reality television say they uh-huh. they owned a series of channels that uh, all they had was reality TV and that person somehow I don't know acquired a prestige. <laughs> brand that uh, made quality movies for over 100 years and also a cable network that was known for Emmy award-winning dramas. And Uh they acquired them, the reality show guy, that probably that guy might not be qualified to really understand how valuable the things that he acquired were and maybe wouldn't understand that In people's eyes, it's probably more valuable than the side of the company that you came from and own and that people probably rather would have the scripted things than your, I don't know, shows about sharks or home renovations. These are, again, hypotheticals. I don't like you throwing shade at Jeff Probst
0: like this. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Jeff Probst, who's famously in charge of a network. (laughs) He's in charge of a reality TV show. (laughs)
1: I like I said, that one's made up.
0: There's no real person like oh, okay. that. Okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't wanna um you don't wanna burn any bridges while you're out there looking for work. Exactly.
1: Cause I mean this hypothetical guy would probably be the kind of person that would uh you know And
0: nothing uh, would ha nothing would happen, you know. It's like you, you might as well just say say the whole thing because even if you like you got a job working on a show at Max. The people in charge of the streaming services are so far removed from the process of getting the show onto their streaming services. There's just nothing there. They just look at a screen that has names of shows on them, and they, you know, hit an X in in the upper right hand corner if they're like, "We just won't do that show." Right. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Since I was being cute. Yes, I'm throwing shade. At the now rebranded Max, where we needed to get the word HBO out of HBO Max because that was really keeping people from uh-huh. subscribing to it. But yeah, it's just sort of the continued devalue. Because I truly think that HBO is one of, if not the best, you know, cable turned streaming. Yeah, when, networks when HBO there are. Max
0: first came to be, what was it? Not long ago. Yeah, um, it, hasn't it hasn't existed like, that long. yeah yeah, bar none this is the best one there is so much crap on here that i want to watch that it is so good i am i am entertained for a long time on your app so i will pay for your service for a long time this is great
1: yeah yeah and it's gone you have hbo which i trust those shows i watch a lot of those shows they're good you have the back catalog of warner brothers films Come on. All great. And you have Turner Classic Movies. I'm pretty much set with those three things. Yep. Yeah. I can. All, yeah.
0: All, um, all Julia needed was Turner Classic Movies and Adult Swim. Done. Yeah. Oh, Done yeah. For I forgot centuries. to even mention Adult Swim. Also uh-huh. on there. Yeah. It's the yep. best streaming service. Mm-hmm. But. We were yeah. loving it. Too. Man, we were watching Roman Holiday. Y'all. Y'all seen Roman Holiday recently? I haven't. Aud- Audrey Hepburn gets the haircut in that movie and it looks good. Like, and then, um, then right after that, uh, Tim and Eric awesome show. Like this was, this was a great app. And then I just don't get it, man. I don't get it. It's why, why are you fucking with your thing? It's working. It's working. Well, it's funny too, because they,
1: for like a month, they were like, get ready. May 23rd max. Get ready for the new for max max is coming max and it's like oh okay you changed the name but i had that of like well, let's see let's see what max is and so of course on may 23rd I, I fire up my television i go to my hbo max app it says hey you have to download max you can't we couldn't just update this app because that would have been convenient you have uh-huh. to get a new one and so okay fine download max let's log into max and oh it's exactly like it was before but also with like shark week (laughs) and also for some reason you've now gotten rid of the director and writer categories and replaced them with
0: a weird generic catch-all called creators yeah and then like got rid of a bunch of content and dumped a bunch of and then dumped on it a bunch of shit that i don't i don't care about what Right. Yeah. I think that's the part I don't get is I know I'm making that personal. It's like me and they're saying, no, this is for more people. But what do you mean more people? The people that were using using your product loved it. And you're like, yeah, but what? Are we not enough? I'm sorry. Are we not enough for you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it's that was
1: the first thing when when the merger happened was they shelved a complete. Let's all not forget that there is a completed Batgirl movie out there with Brendan Fraser, who was nominated for an Academy award in the same year that you had this movie playing the villain and it's, it's done. It, it could just be watched there. tomorrow. They shelved that they shelved a ton of children's content, like a ton of animated stuff. Uh-huh. And it's just gone. Yeah. All this stuff for no reason. They were like, well, we've got to save money by removing content from our streaming service. And then now, yeah, now we're gonna take away all the stuff that you want and replace it with a lot of reality TV that I personally will not watch. And I'm not even judging anyone if they do. I'm just saying that's not, I liked what was there. Uh, You had me and you're going like, no, but watch, watch the reality stuff instead of these shows
0: that and movies that you like. Makes no sense. Nope. Sorry, sorry. I knew y'all just heard that helicopter. It was a helicopter, sorry.
1: But they did add a new season of uh, Clone High, so... Right on. <laughs> they get some uh. credit there.
0: <laughs> <clears throat> hey, th- things change. We know they change. We're not... We don't fear change, but we, when you're doing it dramatically and um, quickly, for no discernible reason, we take notice. Yeah. What, well, what and it's fuck? just,
1: again, to your point, like... HBO Max wasn't that long ago like it's no. just and it it was clear what it was it it's just I don't know it it speaks to you know a sort of it doesn't it doesn't reassure you as a consumer of the the mm-hmm. streaming service all the changes and like arbitrary rebranding and and mm-hmm. so
0: on and that's really it you know it's <clears throat> You trust brands, um, and this is n- not universal. But I mean, as far as entertainment goes, you trust certain logos to have thought behind it, and it doesn't. It doesn't mean it's going to be universally beloved or anything. But, um, for instance, when I see a movie, when I, when I see a movie trailer, and the first thing I see is a twenty three, I'm like, okay, a
1: twenty four,
0: a twenty four. Yeah. Oh, A twenty three is what it it used to be. That's when I started liking it. It's A twenty four now. That is popular. (laughs) Uh, When I see A twenty four, the the impression that I get is not that this is going to be a certain type of movie or that I'm even going to like this movie. But what it tells me is there was thought behind whatever this movie is. There was a person who had a singular vision, and they were given freedom and resources to create that vision so i i trust it i'm like i i think this is whatever it is it's going to be the intent the intention is to present you with the artistic vision that i had in my head boom
1: yeah well it's i think that that's a great example because yeah i would say a24 and hbo both have a thing that is very rare that I, they might be the only two, maybe I'm, maybe there's something else if I thought about it, but of, I know you don't always watch trailers, but I do like to watch trailers of like, if they have a new either HBO show or a 24 thing, I will watch it solely because I'm interested in both of them where I'm like, you, you've earned enough of my trust that I'm going to see what this is and see if it's for me. And it might not be, but I trust you that
0: there's quality behind Uh it. Yeah, and that's really what it is. It's the quality. So like yeah. that you know, yeah, you look, you're a corporation, you're a company. You're you're here to make money. I get that. I'm not naive. You know, this isn't like an independent local art gallery. I understand you need to make money. But when your product is making money and then someone else gets a hold of it and they turn it into a different product, I don't understand that. Yeah. You had a thing that was making you money. Yeah yeah and like
1: I, I it's I'm sure it's oversimplifying it, but it's that kind of brand loyalty and brand recognition and quality recognition from a brand is invaluable and And since we mentioned Netflix before, I think that that's there's probably a lot of reasons and and someone could maybe break it down on a more technical level. But at least from my opinion, I think the biggest thing with Netflix and maybe why they're starting to lose subscribers is, what is a Netflix show? What is Netflix as a brand? What, what do they have that? Like I trust? you know, they have stranger things, but that's old and running out of steam. They, you know, like they've had some hits, but there's nothing. Netflix definitely has the opposite of, I trust you enough to watch your trailer. Netflix has a four people bug me enough to watch something. I'll probably
0: watch it, but it has to be like, the exact right for people, I right? Could write Names down right now yes. for people. If I hear from all four of them, I yeah. will watch this thing.
1: Yeah. But other than that, I'm like, eh, I'm, I'm probably good. No, it's, yeah. it's good. I mean, it probably, I've heard from, you know, clearly not the fourth person I've heard from like two or three people that beef is good, but it hasn't hit that tipping point yet.
0: Yeah. You know? yeah same, same. <laughs> also, you know, um, their, uh, their original animes are really hit and miss. Right. Um, uh they're you know as far as their original comedies go i mean like straight up comedies i think you should leave with Tim robinson a comedy show is it yes you know there are other shows that are like concept, like russian doll is a funny show but that's a concept show but as far as just like straight up comedy that's the only one i can think of that's a netflix original yeah um, they did a they, bad they're...
1: season of arrested development <laughs> They did two bad seasons of Arrested Development. Oh, I development. forgot they
0: did the second one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did the second one. It was uh, we were. I think we we're being punished for not watching <laughs> the fourth one. Oh, you'll enough. watch. And then they're um, they uh, they made a sequel to the movie Extraction. Remember the movie Extraction? Of course I do. It has Chris Hemsworth in it. How could I forget? <laughs> Chris Extraction Hemsworth is made a second one of those, which wasn't a bad movie. But it was just like, oh, lots of people watched it. So let's make another one. Look, but yeah, we watched it. It wasn't great, y'all. I'll make it. This is my my <laughs> deal to Netflix
1: with this film. I'll definitely watch the second one. But if it requires yeah. me to remember a
0: single thing that happened in the first one, we're in trouble. It better, it better not, because I don't know. <laughs> I remember that's one of those movies. I was entertained for 90 minutes and then it was over. I think I he, fu- he fought people on a bridge at the end, right? And he fell into the water. I think I remember I- that. It right. happened, yeah, I don't know if it happened at the end though that's also true that the the first could have been that that could have been the opening scene
1: <laughs> <laughs> there was a kid maybe I think he was I saving think there he was, was extra
0: I remember a lot of ducking behind cars. there was a lot of shooting guns i know that yeah, yeah that yeah. that was true yeah, expensive looking guns, <laughs> yeah,
1: I think that's <laughs> the biggest problem with all Netflix shows like in movies too, but like the shows as well because they dump them all on a weekend that it's like By the time the next season of a Netflix thing rolls around, it's like, what was that? What was that about? What happened? I watched it,
0: but I watched it in a weekend a year ago. I don't know. I I think I liked it. Yep. And look, that isn't, I'm I'm not going to say that's a memory problem because. No, I think that's a content problem. (laughs) I've only been able to watch Better Call Saul on Netflix. So between the penultimate season and the last season was about a year and a half that last season started, I remembered every single thing that happened. Yes. I knew yes. exactly where we were. Yep. Yeah, because that show is one of the best television shows ever made. Yes it is.
1: Yeah, it's great. Uh, but yeah, I I I guess you know, we're running out of time, so I <laughs> I I guess to have like an optimistic ending to this. I do think since I briefly mentioned AI that I've kind of had this epiphany where I know people are concerned about AI and I think it's an important concern and I definitely think it's something that writers need to be fighting for right now. And actors probably more than writers need to be fighting for of like, if they can replace you, because it already happens more like they, we got a young Luke Skywalker in the Mandalorian already. So like that technology is at the door. I think the writing one as you can go back and listen to our archives when we uh-huh. played around with chat G- GPT, it's not there yet. So we're, no. we're a ways away on that one, but all of this, and I think we kind of hit it with everything we just said, I'm not as alarmist about the future of AI created content for these reasons of, I think there will always be an interest in and a space for actually well-made things <laughs> like better call Saul or you know like people will always want a high quality movie or television show that is made by humans with human actors oh yeah and I think that that will never go away even if they try I think they'll try I definitely think they'll try but I do
0: not think it will go away there's no there's no way it can you know it's just it's not there and people have been playing around with it a lot a lot on podcast by the way i want to say that we kind of we pioneered um, that we pioneered that, that for us, sure that was us um but it's not even close to there i don't i don't know I, I i'm you know obviously not at the negotiation table but i think that's being made out to be a bigger part of this strike than it actually is because i don't think any writers are worried about it if the If the executives actually think it's viable to replace writers with AI, then they have their head further up their ass than I thought they did because it's not even it's not even close. But I think that's where the
1: standoff is, because I think both sides know it's not close, but I think they both know that it could in the future be different. Mm -hmm. And so the writers are sitting there going like, come on, you know, you can't replace us with AI. So just give us some protections and the the other side is going like well we want to replace them with robots but we can't yet so how do we how do we kick this can down the line <laughs> until we
0: can well, I mean, replace if them you, wanna, you know you're right it isn't it you know it isn't there but it's burgeoning yeah but it's burgeoning to yeah uh an, an ai can write a, a fast and furious movie it can write it can write a Marvel movie that'll yeah. be profitable. I'm just thinking about profitable things. It can write an episode of Bing, Big Bang Theory. I'm sure it can. Yeah. But if you want something that's new and exciting that gets people to watch your streaming service, your network, your channel, whatever you want to call it, it's not even th- that. That singularity is so far away. Yes. So far away. Yeah, that it might as well not even be seem possible to us. Yeah, I also I think I always end up thinking of uh,
1: the first Matrix when Smith is explaining to Morpheus that, you know, we the original version of the Matrix was a utopia and that we actually... You know, humans. We gave you everything that you wanted, but all the human did, were you just tried to wake up the whole time. You didn't accept right. it. That I tend to believe that even if AI got so good at, we can make the exact movie that you want. We've looked at your viewing history. We know every movie that you love. Mm-hmm. We made a movie that is the exact movie that you, Lars Periwinkle, will love. That you'd watch it and go like, "That's eh, all right." That it's
0: just like we're weird and stubborn and unpredictable. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I'd be like, man porn's got a lot of dudes in it <laughs> which also that's what they never talk
1: about let's be <laughs> real when we talk about the future of ai if it's not 100 <laughs> exclusively used for porn like yeah, come on. yeah it's co- it's cocks and titties y'all that's yeah, exactly that's what all AI it is, is, is. it's towards. like <laughs> i love you lars your penis is not weird
0: like that's the future of <laughs> oh, of AI. Oh,
1: <laughs> what a dream
0: to hear those words just once
1: <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah it's i mean you can see it I think, you know, one of the things we haven't talked about that we could get into longer on a future episode is I think Ant-Man Quantumania is a really great example. And I know Ant-Man movies are touchy for you, so bear with me. But uh-huh. I will actually say, I thought that movie was fine. I don't think it's Marvel's best movie. I don't think it's anywhere near its worst. No.
0: But people reacted to that movie. Yeah. Like it was Thor the Dark World. (laughs) Yeah, I (laughs) don't understand. Yeah, it was pretty paint-by-numbers as far as like a storyboard goes, but there were some laughs along the way, some surprises along the way. It was was fine. But I say that to say that like that's the problem, right? Is like Marvel has a
1: formula. They follow it pretty closely. It worked way longer than anyone would have guessed. You know, we got, what, 30 movies out of it, however many they've made. Right, right, right. And then one day... They made one that wasn't a home run that was perfectly fine. And the world was like, yeah, I'm over this. And they just like all uh-huh. collectively decided, nah, fuck this movie. That's yeah. what AI is going to be fighting against.
0: Yeah, I need yeah. the exact movie that you wanted. I don't want it. Exactly. No. I mean, let's, you want to talk about Star Wars fans? Right. I've been one since 1982 and um, they're the worst fans. They're the worst fans of anything. They're worse than um, European soccer fans. Yeah, they're yeah. they're worse. They're mm, mm. they are on par <laughs> no. with Philadelphia sports fans. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. yeah, yeah. Both both circling the bottom of that drain. Absolutely, they're. The worst. And you think AI is gonna make up for that? And here's another thing AI has not been funny. You want to write a comedy because no one knows what the fuck funny is. Like no, maybe, maybe Pryor, maybe Richard Pryor, I don't know who else, knew exactly what was funny. Um, but Steve Martin. Uh, Wanda I mean, there's Sykes a lot of people that, that are funny. If we're just well, I mean, like I'm not make a list of people who are funny, but like, know what is funny? The comedy is a lot of throwing crap against the wall and seeing and seeing what works. Yeah, that was a confused metaphor. But it, it can't it can't write you a comedy. It can write you you know a shitty comedy. It can probably write a pretty good drama, and it can write you a porno. yeah a great porno though yeah but i don't think it can write funny because you don't know what funny is and i don't think it can write horror because it doesn't know what scary is well and i think fundamentally
1: the way that ai works is it scrapes things that exist and learns from them and then emulates them which we don't need a computer to do that you don't need a computer to watch nine
0: fast and furious movies and write a tenth one that's what that's what the executives do. It's right. just they're just AI. They're just guessing. Like based on well, they like that, so let's make that again. They hated it this time. Let's make it completely different. They hated that too. So well, let's abandon was, this for twenty years and then we'll make a new one. Well, that was always Netflix was the original. This is why
1: everyone's in front of their <laughs> studio right now but like when netflix launched as a streaming service their big thing that they claimed was we have a magic algorithm that tells uh-huh. us what people want to watch well how come people aren't watching stuff? how come every show you make isn't a hit you know how come like Straight every up, netflix show like, be
0: beloved and this is um this is a back in the day netflix thing but when i would hit that button on netflix with you know s- suggest me something based on what i've watched so far Never right. It no. wasn't like wasn't yeah. even fucking close. Yeah, so you want to watch Willa Hammer? I don't. Also, seems weird Netflix that
1: every time you tell me a show that I would like, it happens to be a Netflix original. I know yeah. that's weird. <laughs> I guess I really like Netflix originals more than this deep,
0: you know, like content uh-huh. of other shows that other people made. But yeah. like, oh man, would they la- They think they're they think they're the fucking. Uh, um, car industry where oh, well, we're gonna re- replace y'all with a robot if you don't straighten up, and that's not, you're never gonna do that. There's you can't, no one's interested in art created by computers enough to pay you for that product. Well, and I, it is, it's a novelty, you know, and it, it's
1: right. interesting right now. And sure, we're all gonna make porn with it, let's be clear, we're all gonna use it for that, and it'll oh, be yeah. great, mm-hmm. you know, yep. but uh, but like. I don't know. People still listen to records. People. I just told you a story about how I watched a Blu-ray like there are, you know, people like things that are objectively not as good. You know, well, you have streaming. You can watch all movies on streaming. I still have shelves of like Blu-rays and DVDs of stuff that I watch, you know, like people collect records. People like old school things. They like the ritual of it. They like old. Why do we ever watch new movies when you can watch an old movie that already exists? Like people like quality things that are special to them. We're not just all, we don't need a never ending content machine that just spits out a new movie. That's just a paint by numbers regurgitation of 10 other movies I've seen. Again, everything, everywhere all at once. That's not a movie an AI could have written because no No. one could have told you that movie was going to be successful until it was made because two weirdos had
0: a hyper specific vision for a movie. Yep. Straight up. Yeah. And look, it it isn't just those artistic things. You know what I mean? Like um uh, fucking there were four Shrek movies that were all hugely successful. They were all great. And, no, and no, then a, and then there's been a, a, rash of, uh, Pixar movies that have not been so successful. And these are all movies made by people for younger people. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And you don't know, you know, yeah. you can make a, a smart movie for kids. That's, um, uh, that's, Hugely popular, makes a lot of money, wins a ton of awards, uh, i.e. your Coco. And then you can make um an, another, another great movie that's for kids that just doesn't go anywhere because you don't know why. You don't know what works. Nobody knows what works. I don't know.
1: Kids like these Twinkies that speak gibberish and wear goggles for some reason. Like, that's, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. biggest yeah, thing yeah. in animation. It's great. Everyone likes those guys. Banana. Yeah, yeah banana. To you my friend
0: <laughs> and a banana to you my friend. <laughs> uh but yeah i think i think that covers it right we covered everything i think it does i think that does it you had a great time oh by the way i don't think we said her name earlier i don't want to just say weird al's wife but suzanne yankovic is a is a great follow on um, on instagram she and our final match oh, I, I oh pardon, hit the, pardon me yeah I hit a button <laughs> um the the other day, she posts a lot of, like, uh, uh, old photos of her and her folks, which is really sweet, and also seeing where her family goes. But the other day, she just posted a picture of Al's butt in a pair of jeans. <laughs> no no caption, no words. It was just Al's butt. It was very nice. Suzanne now, Yankovic, th- you're a treasure. Look, I was already going to follow her, but weird Al's butt. Now I'm there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and let me tell you, it's it's weird, man. <laughs> weird. So remember, question everything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I was this close to making an eat it joke. (laughs) I almost made
1: a a yank, yank, yanking it (laughs) joke.
0: Sorry, (laughs) y'all. Hobo Radio
1: is a production of HoboTrashCan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on iTunes. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one.
0: This is Philip
1: And Katie. And Bridget. And we're three friends who like movies. Especially movies of yore when we were small and everything seemed awesome. Now we're revisiting these bright shining beacons of our youth and figuring out if they are for real. So sit back and relax and revisit the best. The worst. And everything in between from the 80s and 90s.
0: And find out... Is Is it for for real? real?